Hey guys, hope you're good and welcome to our podcast, Working It Out. So in true fashion, we messed up the recording a little bit when we recorded this. So I just wanted to jump in first here and introduce us properly. Okay, so just so you know, your podcast hosts are going to be me. I'm Lewis. I'm an online health and fitness coach and my good friend Ben, who isn't here right now, Ben is a co-founder of a social media and web design agency in Norwich. This podcast is going to be about talking fitness, lifestyle, business. And once we get settled in a bit more, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun as well. So for this first episode, we just went through a few questions that we got through Instagram. I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to give us a like and a subscribe. So we're going to go through some of the questions. Um, I have a few. I don't know how many you've got. Yeah, I've got a few too. I'll let you uh, let you start while I just okay. go through some. I've got some random ones. Okay, so first one, what are you excited for for this year? Oh. I know, <laughs> what are we, like eight weeks in? Yeah. Feels, it feels like it's actually... It feels longer. It feels longer. <laughs> that probably means it's been a tough start to the year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go first on that one. Um, I'm really excited for, I think, a lot of the things that we put in motion at the end of last year in terms of some of the work goals, some of the business goals, uh, some of the people I want to try and connect with and work with, um, some of the local brands that I feel we're now getting access to is really exciting. And seeing how we can help them grow and, and all that kind of thing and, and strengthen some of those local relationships is really exciting and something that we're looking forward to. And from a personal perspective, um, I've had a big push on fitness, and building that back into my kind of daily, weekly routine and and yeah seeing the results of that i guess in time for summer yeah yeah and feeling healthier and and kind of yeah more motivated in that aspect is going to be something which yeah i'm really looking forward to as we progress through the year you you need to take some time for like actually not working so. <laughs> yeah i think you're right there are you gonna have yeah. any holidays or anything yeah I've, I've definitely committed to having a couple of weeks of holiday this year um are you gonna go anywhere so we're thinking of going to just a, a sort of staycation somewhere here nice. in somewhere here in UK, probably a different county, um, a little rural retreat, something like that, and possibly possibly a, a trip abroad somewhere, nice. um, like a more of a beach holiday, um, but nothing nothing in place nothing for that crazy, side yet. Yeah. No. How about you? Uh, so, we actually normally go to Devon once a year, we have been going to Devon once a year, um, so um, my brother's wife's family have got a house down there. Lovely, yeah. Um, and they... They um, they let people like use it basically. Yeah. Um, they they use it a lot, but um, we've been going there like once a year. So you actually can't beat a British holiday if the weather yeah, stays good. I agree. Yeah. I was saying the other day like if the weather's good, you can't actually beat England. Yeah. But you only get like two weeks a year. Yeah. So yeah. You have to time it right <laughs> because otherwise it's miserable. But um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go there in September. I'm actually going to Japan as well in like six weeks yeah i'm very jealous of this so i'm buzzing for that yeah that is a place especially tokyo i've had on yeah. on the wish list uh, to travel to for a long time yeah so we're gonna go there um which is gonna be really exciting and then um more personal stuff like i've been i've been experimenting with like uh running um i'm doing high rocks soon i've got half a marathon coming up this year i want to just book i just want to achieve, i want to get like little medals i want to achieve stuff um i get a massive like my main motivation is is being able to do something that I couldn't do before. So yeah, that sort of thing. And then um, obviously like coaching, I, I'm i really happy for how things are going. Um, I'm just excited. Like I'm working with a really good group of people at the moment. And 
yeah, just con- like continuing to help them hit hit um, hit goals. And that's a bit cliche to say it, but um, yeah, buzzing for that. Um, do you want to shoot a question? Yeah, so I'm going to go to um, the first one, which I've got here. So yeah, certainly on the topic of, of sort of the business side of things. So challenges you've experienced getting the business started and how you've navigated them. Yeah. Do you want to go with that one? Do you yeah, want to start on? <laughs> so, um, I was quite lucky. I suppose I was brave, maybe. So I got a mentor pretty quickly because when I decided that I wanted co- uh, coaching, I wanted to do it online. I didn't want to do in person. I've never done in person um, PT. I didn't really know where to start. Um, and I didn't really know anything about online coaching. I found out about it and I was like, yes, this is what I've been looking for, basically. Um, so I got a mentor, um, which, you know, has been has been priceless. You know, it cost me a lot of money. Um, I paid a year in full to start with, which was most of my savings at the time. It's a big commitment, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it just felt like it felt right. And I really trusted the guy and uh, it, it paid off. You know, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Um, hardest thing is I suppose like with all with being self-employed like you do take a lot of it personally you know I want to help everyone that joins not everyone you know I'm not right for everyone especially to start with when I was learning I would take it really personally if someone didn't get a result or if someone left Um, but that's a good thing because it, it pushes me to be my best yeah um, and then like social media, um, trying to grow, trying to find clients. It's an incredibly saturated market. Um, so it, it's challenges. Like I don't think I ever thought it would be easy. Yeah. But when I started, I don't think I'd realised that I'd be working as much as I am. Yeah. Luckily, I love it, so it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the time. Um, but I probably work six and a half days a week. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. That's probably the probably the biggest one. I think I think you've a lot of them are probably quite similar to what I would say. Um, you know that there's going to be challenges. I certainly know I went into everything with my eyes quite you know, wide open to those challenges. But you get a lot of unexpected things that come along, and usually they all come up together. So you know, I, I always thought I was quite good at admin, going back to people and all of that side of things. But when you're in a job where you're employed, usually again that that work schedule and everything comes to you and you're part of a you know you're one a cog amongst many whereas when it's your own business you're driving all of those things forward and you've got to keep those relationships you know you're pushing everything all the time and yeah the, the amount of admin emails going back to people all different communication channels that is a challenge because lots of people want to obviously communicate with you in different ways yeah i think we spoke about that before didn't we like yeah sometimes someone will text you email you dm you yep and then you can't Obviously, you're, not, you're expected to remember all these conversations, but they're all in different places. Exactly. That's a real challenge. So trying to find ways of streamlining that has been a big focus for us and trying to find... There's no one-size-fits-all for every client. Different clients want to share things in different ways, different content types, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, trying to streamline that and make that easier to manage and know exactly where everything is is definitely something which has been a challenge, um, but we're looking to you know, make that as simple as possible going forward. And I guess then the other challenge um, the whole time is just your own time and that trying to find that work-life balance, being aware that you need to put more in in order to get more out further down the line. And again, knowing those early stages to grow a business, you have to invest that time, but also managing to, again, you know, get to the gym 
and to uh, see your family, see your friends and not yeah. be completely cut off from everything else in life is a constant challenge. And it just, yeah, it doesn't, it, there's a lot of the time it feels there's not enough hours in the day. I think that is my challenge. If you had a really busy social life, it would be, it would definitely be harder. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite happy. I'm a bit of a, a, bit of a loner sometimes. I'm quite happy not to, not to do like loads of stuff, but um, I could see like, even though it's a very saturated market, like coaching, like fitness, I don't, it's, it's still a difficult thing to get into because yeah. People don't realise how much work it is. I think people just think, oh, I just want some online coaching. And, you know, they see that top 5% that are making loads of money. And yeah. So they think, oh, I, I want a bit of that. I've got yeah. a PT qualification. And, uh, yeah, it's an absolute nightmare. Something else that I struggled with as well was not having someone tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah. So, like, no boss. Yeah. So, like... You're accountable to yourself, but then you've got to try and manage yourself. And, 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 how and I'm you... like, am I doing well? Yeah. Is this good? Yeah. Like, because you've got no one going... Yeah, good, good work today. Yeah. I think actually that's one thing that I'm lucky I've got a business partner as well. And again, we can have those conversations together. And I feel very fortunate to have that in place and have someone I can trust. And again, you go through those things together. I think everything would have been, well, I wouldn't be here doing it probably if uh, I'd have been on my own yeah. um, looking back now. But the other, the other thing which we've now tried to do with each other is almost say sometimes, imagine if we had a boss. And we had to report to someone, almost make a imaginary boss. And we've got to check in and we've got to report, are we using our time wisely? Should we be getting hung up on these things? You wouldn't be allowed to if you had someone else you had to report to. And almost having that in mind has been a good way of actually overcoming a lot of those challenges. Because otherwise, when you're completely invested in it and the buck stops with you, you end up getting caught up in it and you end up, you know, just getting caught in your own head, basically. Um, so I think having that, almost holding yourself to account like someone else will, is really powerful. And I don't know if you find that and almost sort of try and get in that mindset. I am lucky because I just, I just, I just, I will do it. But it's not the accountability for me. It was, well, it's not too bad now. Like I know that, but I, I, I needed someone like, I felt like I needed someone to be like, yeah, good work today. Yeah. But you know, that didn't exist. I don't even <laughs> think I got that at work anyway, so. Yeah, you're quite know. lucky to find that in a lot of workplaces yeah, anyway. Yeah, from. certainly these days. I'm not sure you ever, ever get that. Um, and I guess the only other challenge that I'd really want to touch on um, is in terms of hiring people as well. Oh, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's something, something I haven't had to do. Yeah, that's, that's a really that's a big challenge because, you know, you put something out there and the great thing is we had loads of interest and then that whole process of going through people and, again, you know, trying to get to a point where you find some potentially good candidates and then meeting them and again making sure that they're completely bought into your vision especially as a sort of more of a startup business um, rather than an established business and again trying to uh, take that risk and think they're going to be a good fit um, there's always going to be a risk on both sides but that is a challenge as well as you try and scale things and and obviously giving them more and more um, of the business and, and more kind of um, trust to do things that is a challenge in itself, which there's no perfect answer, there's no right fit, but yeah, I feel that. the pressure of like, I've got to look after them. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, all of that side, you know, the financial aspect, their development, that's something we're really keen to do, whoever joined wanting to help them develop their career, um, so that again, it doesn't just feel like they're just doing a normal job, you know, they're growing with something as well, so that's been a challenge, but that's definitely one of the, the things which has been a real positive, 
and continues to uh, to kind of keep me motivated um, because now there's there's not just two mouths around the table to feed. Sure. You know, there's yeah. there's five. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's that's been really good. Um, but definitely, there's there's been challenges as well with that. Um, okay, so next one. Um, it's not really a question. Um, so explain why someone needs to understand their goals or their why for exercise. Okay. Um, so this is from one of my clients actually. Yep. And she was she she was sort of saying like a lot of people give up because they don't really know why they're doing it. Um, it's something I talk about all the time for people. I think it needs to be a little bit more than because everyone knows they need to go to the gym or they should go to the gym or go out for a walk and do some exercise. They know it's healthy, but they don't really know why they're doing it. And a lot of people hate what they think they have to do. Mm. <clears throat> so I think like people need to have a reason to do it. So that could be performance based. That could be like you know I want to. Like run a 5k for the first time ever or you know if they like lifting in the gym they probably not like uh, have an idea of the gym but you know they want to grow some muscle or ha have bicep veins or <laughs> yeah uh, feel confident in their bikini yeah um so that's like that that's sort of normally why people get into it i guess um purely like for the, the look i think people stay into it by either community or by having some sort of performance goal. Um, so like progression. I think a lot of people get bored of exercise because they will have, they'll go into the gym and do the exact same thing every day. Yeah. But if you can get better at something, then it's very rewarding. You know, yeah. it can't be bought. It just happens by hard work. So yeah. That's Certainly with the, I think the tracking side of it, I've definitely noticed that. I went to, to, you know, to the gym for many years on and off. You know, sometimes two, three times a week, sometimes five times a week and all different levels. And actually, you're, you're right, you get into a habit of you're going and it's just part of your habit as such. But what are you actually working towards? There's been, been times when obviously, you know, you're going on holiday and you think, oh, I'll trim down a little bit, say, so feel a bit more confident in, in pictures or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. So sort of from like a vanity perspective and the whole aesthetic side of things. But then a lot of the time when you're just in that routine, uh, uh, you know, are you trying to lift more? Am I pushing myself because last week I did this, this week I'm going to you know, lift this or, or run this distance, whatever it might be. And unless you're tracking things, it feels like you're just kind of going through the motions yeah. a lot of the time. And certainly since I've obviously started working with you and doing all the tracking side of things, both with the calories and the food side, yeah. as well as the exercise, yeah. if, even if you've had a tough week, at least there's something you can look back on and say, well, I've actually pushed myself and, you know, I went and did X amount of reps this week on, on that exercise. Everything else was a complete disaster. Everything else was really <laughs> tough, but that was a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you, might, you won't have that unless you track it and you're progressing and, and you know, moving things forward. So that's been really powerful. And, um, yeah, I think... People, you don't get good results otherwise as well. You need yeah. to give your body a reason to change. Yeah. Like, if you go and do the same workout every day for the next five years... You're not going to see a lot of results. Yeah, you need to give your your body a reason to get to improve, to like get bigger, you know, get better, get faster. Um, so yeah, the the tracking of workouts I think is really important for motivation. Even now, sometimes I'll go in the gym and I will be surprised at like I'll look at like what I did last week and be like, oh my god, I was going to do less today. Yeah, and I'll be like, oh, you know, I've got to push. Yeah, um, and then I think you know that would be 
so easy to not do that if I didn't have it written down like oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this yeah it's not like that for everyone some people will stay motivated from other ways but especially for for people that you know like beginners and stuff I think it's really important to like see the progression not just on the scales but in the gym as well yeah and performance I think as well for a lot of people there's hidden motivations where they might not know yeah. almost some of the reasons why they're looking to do it you know, there's something deep down where they know that they want to again as you say um, be able just to be a bit fitter to walk up a flight of stairs and not get exhausted and you know a lot of it I've got friends who have got children and they want to be able to run around the garden and play with them and not get out of breath um, you know or throw them I've up in the air and, yeah and again yeah. they they that might not be the main reason when they first start but then it's almost a byproduct of getting into that routine and seeing that progress and they notice that difference and then it becomes a motivation well actually yeah I want to go and play football with them and run around the garden for longer and it's those little things but those are the things that keep driving them forward and, yeah, and I keep think changing the goal exactly yeah yeah and then that sometimes the people that end up going to do a marathon or 10k or whatever it yeah, might they be didn't start out there. they didn't start with that goal in mind but because they saw what their body could do with that kind of dedication and consistency that becomes a future goal and yeah. that's really powerful you'll never know how that's going to come about i get this all the time where someone will start and they'll be like oh, i'm not really interested in losing weight i just want to like i just want to feel better feel fitter feel healthier and then you'll get like three or four weeks in and they'll be like yeah i want to lose three stone but i think it's they didn't really want to say it because they didn't really believe that they could do it or they've tried in the past and failed. Um, so like more goals normally come out, you know, stuff that they really did want, but they just didn't want to, they weren't ready to say. Yeah. But yeah, um, important, important um, to have goals, no matter how small, and to, uh, to keep bringing them up because you will be surprised at what you can achieve. Yes. I've got a couple of others that are actually fitness related okay. as well. That I've been asked but I thought we'd break it up with just a random one here yeah, which uh, <laughs> it's not again it's not we a question it's not a question it's just a word nice. but I think there's a question off the back of this cars 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 okay okay so um, I have a car uh, do you have a car Liz? yeah yeah okay Excuse me. and are you into cars I used to be yeah if I had unlimited money I still would be yeah same but um, one, I live in the city. Yeah. Um, I share a car park with a load of people that don't park very <laughs> nicely. Um, but yeah, when I was like 17 to probably about 25, got loads of cars. Yeah. I think I had 17 cars in about eight years. And did you modify them? And yeah. Yeah. Well, that side of things. And I had them for like three or four months and then sold them and wasted money. <laughs> got a bank loan when I was about 19 um, and bought a really nice, I bought an Astra VXR. Nice. Uh, Nürburgring. Yeah. Which was great. And so that would have been the older shape. Yeah, like the, 2008. Yeah. But it was probably, I don't know what year that would have been when I was 19. So. I think the car probably would have been like five years old. Maybe, yeah. Something like that. Was it 2012? Anyway. They sound, they sound great as it's well. awesome. Yeah. Loved it. But. I just started, you know, you, you spent like two and a half grand on insurance and, you know, I borrowed, I borrowed like 10 grand. And then after that, you know, I steadily buying cheaper and cheaper cars Yeah. because I'm buying and selling and not making money. Yeah. But I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I think 
at the time it was like an extension of my personality because I wasn't very wasn't very outgoing, I wasn't very confident, but I if I could buy like a quick car, maybe it was a little status thing or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think you definitely have that when you're you're first growing up. When you yeah. once you can drive. The freedom as well. Exactly. It does become that kind of it is your status thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And so I was a lot of my friends, we were really into cars, you know, we'd be driving around at night, um yeah, hanging around at Tesco, McDonald's, all the all the usual spots. Racing. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, it, it's a kind of it's a real culture. And um, again, some of my friends heavily modified their cars. And yeah. I mean, I, I didn't go down that route myself. I actually bought a, so my first car was a VW Polo, oh, which was a 1.2 Polo, but it came with some very big alloy wheels on it, nice. which at the time I thought were really cool. Um, in fact, it just made it a very uncomfortable ride. <laughs> um, but it also had an induction kit on it, which yes. I discovered further down the line. Um, so it sounded, it sounded crazy, yeah, <laughs> to be yeah. honest, um, but it didn't go anywhere really. And and then actually after that, so um, I then got a bit more of a sensible car, but again a car which I thought, oh yeah, you know that's a really nice looking car, and really happy to be seen driving that car around, um, which is a BMW. Nice. Uh, I had a th- well, I've got a 320i, and I've still got that car. Yeah. Looked at lots of other cars, but I haven't actually driven many cars or tried How other have cars. You had that car. So I've had that car since 2015. So it's coming up for 10 years. But the mileage was super low and it's still not that well. I've just done over 100,000 now. That's so good. And yeah, it's comfortable. I know it. Touch wood. It's reliable. I trust it. So, but yeah, I think when I think about a car for me is very, it's something that now has become a lot more functional. I need it to go and see clients. I need it to go and, you know, take the little one to school and all of those side of things. Um, Whereas it used to be a car would be something I'd get to kind of just go and meet my mates in. Yeah, yeah. And then we didn't really ever do anything that crazy. But, you know, you'd just be there and everyone would just be like looking at each other's cars. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, cars, I guess, have changed for me in terms of I see it more as a functional thing now. But absolutely, I appreciate, like, you know, cars and, and the different designs and stuff like that. And again, there's, there's certain brands and stuff, which I go, oh, I'd love to have one of those at some point. Um, but, yeah, at this point, it's very much a functional thing for me. It's just a money pit as well. They are, absolutely. They yeah. have so much money now, even compared to, like, when we passed. Mm. You, you can spend like 60 grand on a golf yeah so i want to know who's their um golf from the from vw 60 grand their 17 year old has is just starting to learn and they're so driving lessons by the way like i think i used to pay 24 pounds for that might even be an hour and a half so driving lessons now are more about 50 pounds apparently for an hour, an hour something like that yeah and then you factor in what the car is going to be itself you can't buy a car like a, a decent start car for probably less than fifteen hundred, two thousand pounds, and then insurance will be that as well. So you're basically looking with the lessons, with the car, with the insurance, probably five grand to get started. It's mental, mental. Yeah, yeah, because insurance first year must be two grand. Yeah, I remember my first car was two hundred quid. It was, it was broken. My brother fixed it because he yeah. was like into like he could, you know, like. It's always good to know someone yeah. that can do that. And, um, but I remember, I remember at one point, I can't remember when it was, I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy a cheap car. It might be when I moved here, just because I was like, I'm in the city, I don't really use it. Yeah. You, I couldn't find anything for under like three grand because people just trade them in. Yeah. People trade them in and get a car on finance yeah. now. But I can't, I can't blame them because what's the point? Like, you used to be able to buy a brand new car for like 15 grand. Yeah. Now it's like, it's nearly as much as... I don't know. Yeah, the, like price is so, the price is so inflated as well. Yeah, 60 grand for yeah. golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, it's an interesting one actually, cars. It's it's if something. If I had loads of money, yeah, then it's definitely something I'd get back into. But and again, would that be like modifying cars again? I wouldn't and do... modify. No, I don't no. think so. No, no you've I done would, that phase. I would buy like I don't know, like M3 or something or M4. Yeah, M4. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I love the M2. Yeah, the M2. I just saw um, there's one of those competition. Yeah. Yeah, kind of um, accounts I saw on Instagram the other day and they had done an M2, some kind of special edition one with the craziest body kit on it. And, yeah. uh, but like properly done and it was very cool. Um, they're so powerful as well, so quick. One, one of my old clients has got one and it's really nice. Yeah. But some, sometimes I'll go on Auto Trader and just be like... Yeah, I do this. <laughs> spent ages on there and almost convinced myself like, you know, like it's 500 pound a month. Yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I'll get it. Treat yourself. Obviously, I never would. Yeah. But or that thing of oh well, it, actually, in the future, if I just had this amount a month free, yeah, then this is maybe I'd start looking at this this type of car. Or and, and then I'll be like, what do you think, Zoe? Yeah, yeah, you drive that. And then I'm like, I've got to park it out in that car park. It's gonna get scuffed. I'm gonna be up all night worrying yeah. about it. That is the thing. They are. It is a constant worry. And then like even today, I've walked here. Yeah. I, I would drive it like. Yeah, I drive to I drive to my gym, which is like ten minutes. Yeah. What is the point of me having that car? Yeah. It's literally just my ego. <laughs> like, I think as well. Um, so yeah, my my business partner has just recently got a, a newer car, um, and again, he's because it's new to him. He's got that worry now. Wherever we we were out seeing some clients yesterday, and we popped into a Tesco, and we're driving really around to the away. very furthest corner to try and hope that no one parks next to it. I still do that. Yeah. And and someone always does anyway, and someone usually parks really close. So, yeah, cars they are a worry, and they are, as you say, a money pit. Um, but you can have a lot of enjoyment. What would be the absolute dream car? What if I was like millionaire? Yeah, money no object, dream car. Probably like GT3, like Porsche GT3 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, nice. I don't know. There's so many, isn't there? If you were, if you got like Euro Millions, then I'd have a garage. Yeah. I'd have a few. Yeah. I think yeah, different cars for different occasions for yeah. definite. You'd have you'd have something like a crazy car, the sort of thing you'd like take to a track day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. would be cool. And I'd actually want to kind of learn how to drive it properly as well yeah. and do one of those. And then you'd, you'd have like an everyday Range Rover or something. Yeah, or even the uh, the new Defenders are, yeah, pretty, I like them. are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. They're I feel a lot of money. Yeah, I look at them sometimes. Yeah, I love the Defender disappear. They took it away for a few years and then they bought it back and basically just sent right. We're going to rival the G wagon yeah. in terms of cool big. The thing SUV. is with that, the old one, you would take off-road and you would never take that off-road now, would you? It's just too nice. Exactly, yeah. It, it looks like a car that shouldn't be getting dirty or muddy. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even the old I'm... ones, like if you scratched it, it looked better. You could see all the rivets, yeah, couldn't you, you and, and, and everything, like, oh, yeah. God, scratch looks sick. Yeah. Yeah, that was part of it. It was like a badge of honour, how dirty and battered could you get your Defender. There's so much money now. I actually know someone, well, apparently, his uncle bought two of them before they discontinued the old one. Okay. And he put one in a, like in his shed, like brand new, didn't drive it. Yeah. Left all the wrapping on. It's a clever investment. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to sell that. Like, that's going to be my retirement. And then the other one he, he uses. And is, he, is it still sitting there? I'm not sure. Oh. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't seen that guy in ages. I just wonder as well, though, when they bought the new one out, if almost actually had the other, had the opposite effect. Everyone loves the old ones. Yeah. Where I used to work at the shop, there's a guy um used to work, or used to um, be a farmer there. He bought one, I think it was like an 08, it might have even been a 57, and it was like 40 grand. Yeah. Well, I think they go forever. Yeah. They are so solid. They're just cult. They're yeah. a cult thing, aren't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, another one I've got here, which goes back to our, our sort of fitness questions. So I think this will be an easy one for you to answer. Does fitness belong on your daily to-do list or do you keep it separate from work tasks? Um, if it's on a, da- it's on a daily, it, obviously it's separate. So what for me personally? Yeah. Well, how do you see that? I don't see, I, obviously, I don't see it as part of my job, I don't think. No. If I was like, if I was like a professional bodybuilder or like I, I competed at something at a very high level, then yeah. Yeah. But I don't see it like that. But it is, um, if you count in steps and stuff or going out for walks and stuff, it is a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. So luckily being self-employed, I can fit it in wherever I want it. So, yeah. I'd probably say similarly, I'd separate it out from, I don't see it as a work task still. Um, Daily to-do list, yes. But then also the steps actually. And it was one of the tips you shared around setting timers throughout the day yeah. just to get 20 minute walks in, which is great from a taking a break from work perspective, but also just for the actual exercise perspective as well. Um, that is almost like a work task now. Yeah. It, it forms part of the working day to do that. But actual, the, the proper fitness sessions, um, whether that be some form of cardio that I'm going to go and do or you know an actual lifting session, then it's still just a daily to do thing for me. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see how people would build it in to, you know, their actual work to do list, especially if you're in an office or somewhere that's got a gym within it and an actual yeah, facility within good. it. That'd be good. Yeah, that would be cool to have. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm fairly close. The gym's about five minutes from here, yeah. but it still doesn't quite feel like it's. It's not that close. Not that close. No, I think, no. Um, like what you said about that step thing. I think anyone that does work in an office, anyone that's a computer, or even at home, you could actually get that 15 minutes back you know if you're going out for three or four 15 minute walks per day you could actually get that 15 minutes back in productivity yeah because if you're just sat at a computer after a while you will just zone out you're yeah. procrastinating you catch yourself going through instagram reels yeah um even if you're like the most dedicated person i always say this to people i've got quite a lot of people that work at a desk and i'll be like honestly you will actually get more done by going and getting these walks in because yeah. it just gives you a chance to like clear your head, get some daylight. One thing that I, a real goal for me is to get one of those standing desks or one that's got the treadmill on it. That would yeah, be, yeah. that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, they're, they're going <laughs> off at the moment. Yeah. I see them all the time. Yeah. You, apparently you used to be able to get one for 20 quid on Amazon, but I can't find anyone for like under 50. No, I can, yeah, I can believe that. It's become quite a, quite a thing. A thing, yeah. Um, have you got, What's, what's the next question you've got? Yeah. I thought you were going to ask if I had a walk-in desk. I know you don't. No. No. Um, okay. Um, non-negotiables, managing a stressful job and exercise. So, if you've got a... I'm guessing by like... Okay, so if you've just, just got a stressful job, okay, mm. and it's nine to five, then I would say that exercise is non-negotiable because if you are concentrating on something else if you're um doing some kind of vigorous exercise you are gonna relieve your stress by doing some kind of exercise okay that might not even be vigorous exercise it might be just walking and not taking your phone or taking a podcast or something like that yeah um but what i think he means partly as well is 
you know, stressful and busy. Yeah. So for some people like you, basically. Um, but I've got another client. This guy's actually a teacher. I seem to attract a lot of teachers. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you've got a really busy job and you have very little time, there's nothing you can do to make more time. So it comes down to like, if I'm leaving the house at six o'clock and I'm not coming home until seven, I have no choice but to either get up earlier and get the workout done or do it afterwards, Yeah. even though I'm tired. If you want to get results and you have no spare time other than that small window, you just got to do it. Yeah. You will feel better for it. It is going to suck sometimes because you're not going to want to do it. And I'm sure you've got personal stuff that you want to do. You probably want to sit on the sofa. You probably got a family. Yeah. But I try to be quite blunt with people like that and just say, like, unfortunately, apart from the weekends, you've got no spare time. So we're going to have to do what we can. We can either get up at five or we can do it at seven when yeah. we get in. Yeah. You know, there's no way around it. But in terms of, you know, obviously I'm going to vouch for getting some exercise in. Um, if your stress is high, you will definitely feel better for it. You know, I, I, suffer, I, I suffer with stress sometimes, for sure. I'm sure everyone does. Yeah. Um, I feel better for training. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do too. I think it's a very popular cliche that's been used probably by all of the fitness coaches anyone in with the fitness space but you never feel worse after a workout that is so true it is yeah. definitely true and a lot of the time people don't believe that especially if you haven't been into your fitness for a little while it's very easy to block all of those those sort of voices out that actually no go and do it you will feel better afterwards yeah and that is the hardest thing once you do and you can go and actually get a session in and do something and move yourself about you definitely feel better afterwards um and that's kind of, that's scientifically proven as well isn't it? i think with that one you can just say to yourself, like, right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go in, maybe I'm not going to follow my workout this time, but I'm going to go in and I'm going to do whatever I want, and if I'm hating it, I'll leave after 10 minutes. Yeah. And most I've people done that before. are just going to go and do it. They're yeah. just going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Had some of the best sessions, I think, doing that. Yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah, because you go in and you're not weighed down by no thinking. Expectation. Yeah. Yeah, and then you smash it. Exactly. Yeah. I think, again, another thing which fits into a non-negotiable with that side of things and again more just your well-being is making sure you're hydrated yeah and there's a lot of people who don't stay hydrated and the effects of that are massive yeah. because again you're not performing at your optimum tiredness is a big one with hydration yeah yeah and again sometimes it's another of those things which you have to build in find a way to make sure you're you know you're getting in enough enough water yeah aiming for i'm trying to get two to three liters in and that can feel hard at times you feel like you know you're constantly up and down to the loo and all that side of things but again that's another thing which i've had to build in um and definitely does help you stay focused um and more productive as well so two things when i whenever i start with someone especially if they've been out of they haven't been exercising recently two things like that i'll say is like you know we need to get more water in and we need to you know get a daily walk in and you can tell like really like is this going to make a difference they're two things that you don't realize will make a difference until you've been doing them for a couple of weeks yeah like drinking enough water not drinking 17 cups of coffee a day no coffee after like two o'clock makes a massive difference because yeah. you'll sleep better even if you think oh, my brother's bad for this he'll have a coffee before bed oh and he's like i sleep fine i'm like yeah you're you're asleep but the quality of sleep is compromised yeah like it just is it's a stimulant yeah it just is worse 
And I bet as well he then probably doesn't end up going to sleep straight away. He's then probably on his phone and he's not maybe assuming a lot of those things, other distractions, you know, yeah. before he actually does go to sleep. And then you're going to wake up exhausted. Yeah. Have a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. The cycle. The cycle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I've got one here. So there's a few things. So we'll try and kind of touch on them all um, quite quickly. Thoughts on Eddie I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it Eddie Abu? Edabu. Yeah, Eddie Abu. Um, fasting, vegan diet, and ultra food, ultra processed foods. Okay. So um, I I have seen Eddie um, out there and being featured on some podcasts, and um, some of his methods have been shared. It's, it's, a lot of his content seems to be trending at the moment. Uh, you've probably got a bit more of an insight into what's yeah, going on there. So- I've got I've got some good stuff on all of these because I am very much in the in the camp of like people try and make diet so complicated and they're so focused on trying to find the absolute perfect thing that they go for something they don't really like. It becomes and, a blocker then, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example like I don't know, like keto. Okay, no carbs. It works, okay? If you're in a deficit, calorie deficit, and you want to lose weight and you do keto, yes, it's going to work. But are you happy to never have carbs again in your whole life? Probably not, because they're nice and they're in everything. Um, and it's probably going to be quite antisocial if you don't. So if you make it to the end of your you know, diet phase and you're happy with your weight, what do you do then? You haven't learned anything. Um, I'm, go- I'm going on, on a different like thing here. But yeah. anyway, that's... I think that people should get in great shape eating foods they enjoy. That's yeah. one. That's one I'm trying to get to. Eddie is like an ex-professional bodybuilder. I don't know if he ever got a pro card. He's de- he said. I think he. I think he, yeah. He had. He had ranked. Uh, yeah. He's definitely done competitions. I saw yeah. that. So straight off the bat, like he's going to be a very extreme person. Like yeah. Like no one, ninety percent of people aren't like of people aren't going to eat like him. Um, and now he's doing this thing where he's like saying that every kind of food is crap, basically. Yeah. So I've seen, I haven't seen too much of him, but he, it's like videos of him like showing what he has for breakfast and it's just like 12 eggs. Yeah. Nothing else. I've seen a lot of eggs in yeah. the diet. Yeah. Um, and then like videos of him walking around Tesco's like pointing at croissants and going, look at this crap and yeah. look at all these ingredients that are in this and that. And you're like, I just don't think, okay, one, he's absolutely blowing up on socials yeah. because he's so divided, like so polarising. It's the polarising thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He gets people's backs up, especially in the fitness industry. Yeah. Like, you, you know, my instant reaction is like, oh God, this, this idiot. But that is, <laughs> that is why he's doing it. Yeah. Um, and again, if you want to eat like he says, then yeah, there's, it's fine. You know, follow it. But I think you're definitely right in, with all of these things in any niche, if you like, or any space that someone is you know, operating in like that. You have to try and separate the content almost from the person. Yeah. And I think so from what I can see he's doing, obviously he has his own agenda, his own thing that he's you know, pushing and his brand and everything like that. The content itself is obviously to get him seen and to get his brand out there and his message out there. And obviously it's going to be more extreme than I reckon if we had Eddie sitting here now and we're having a chat with him, 
he would probably be a little bit more toned down or if we're just talking to him in the street we weren't recording if we weren't recording perhaps yeah um but i think that's that's obviously the world we live in now and you've got to expect for people to be seen and heard sometimes a lot of people feel they have to shout a bit louder or they have to have a very extreme view on things and that's why we end up with these people who become gurus on maybe a vegan diet or carnival diet and it's 100% this or 100% that there's middle ground unfortunately doesn't get you necessarily seen or heard these days no. and that's just what the algorithms on all of these social platforms want to see they want to see that someone is basically really kind of shouting loud about something and then there's a whole load of people that follow behind that like a really dedicated army of people and and that's kind of what's being pushed yeah. um, whereas if you're just quite neutral on things unfortunately it's like well that's boring Plus <laughs> I think that, that's sometimes that's what how it's seen isn't it plus the fact it's simple yeah you know if if his method is just eat eggs and things that contain one ingredient yeah it's easy to follow you know i don't have to buy anything from him yeah so you know if that's what i'm looking for yeah you know i'm gonna get i'm gonna get results from that yeah um but yeah very polarizing i did see something i think he might have shared it so i guess he's not being too um disingenuous or whatever but he was not long ago in really bad shape Mm -hmm. so whether he retired and struggled so don't act like you've always eaten this way and you're the healthiest person in the world yeah um but yeah everyone struggles you know you don't need to use some polarizing crazy diet yeah eat the food you already like um and get in shape that way yeah i think as well with um with all of these things again the more extreme you go as you said kind of touched on at the start the more extreme you go and um that has so many implications in terms of social side of things whether that's just having a meal with your family or extended family or going out with friends you know everyone will do that at some point and i know it's i know that from being plant-based or vegan or you know whatever you want to call it that it's got a lot better but even five six years ago when i first go to some places you felt awkward to look at the menu and think oh i I don't want to make a scene here, but there's nothing on here I really like. There's only two options. I don't really like these things. And it's almost assumed What that did you do? I just, have, I just had to kind of go with it, yeah. And then try and steer the next time I went out with those people, maybe we don't go to that place <laughs> and try and avoid an awkward, yeah. you know, kind of a conversation about that. But it does become one of those things where, again, if you're sticking, as I say, these days, it's quite accessible to follow a plant-based diet. Um, it's definitely got a lot easier. It's the easiest it's ever been, certainly here in the UK. But that, that was a challenge before. And again, it didn't necessarily, you, want, you didn't want to have a conversation every time about that. And as I say, that's not really that extreme. Eating 12 eggs and doing all that kind yeah. of stuff. You're not going to go to a restaurant and find 12 eggs on the menu. There's actually this other guy that's like, always comes off my newsfeed. He's like carnivore. Yeah. And he's trying to expl- explain like how easy it is for him to, for him to do it. And it just seems miserable. <laughs> it's like really miserable. Exactly. Because, like, they, they went to, like, Bella Italia or something, and he had to order, like, I don't know, like, the main he ordered was tiny because he only got the steak. <laughs> so he had to order, like, extras, and you're yeah. like, that's not ideal. I think he was, like, going somewhere, and he went to McDonald's and just ordered the burger. Right. Just the burger patty. He's lucky they even did that for him, because a lot of the time they won't... Well, I think if you do the self-serve, you can select... Oh, I see, okay. So yeah. you could order a Big Mac, but remove the, all the ingredients remove everything from the else. burger. <laughs> But then you're still paying the price. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, you know, just have eight burgers. I, know, I was going to say, there's also a cost involved to all of that. Yeah. Again, you know, if you can afford to do that and have a very, very bespoke, obscure diet, 
then that's fine. But again, it, sometimes the cost involved in trying to put that together, again, it would make more sense to me to try and go for the balance route and make sure you're covering everything you need from a nutritional standpoint than, uh, than trying to go for something really obscure, which actually, as you said, you're probably going to end up quite miserable on after a set amount of time. That might be like a couple of months for some people, that might be six months, a year, but at some point there's probably going to be a point you question, is this what I want to be doing going forward? I think that some of these diets work just because you take out so many options. Yeah. So like, you know, maybe someone that's struggling with, with their weight finds certain foods like really triggering. Mm. So like they absolutely love pasta, so they go carnivore, so they never have pasta again. Yeah. Then they're going to get results. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What about the, so veganism. Yeah. Are, are you, we've skipped fasting, we've gone straight we'll to go, We'll go fasting. <laughs> yeah. So you do it for more of like, what, what is your reason? So the main reason it, for me is from an ethical perspective. Yeah. Um, and again, people will have their own opinions on this, but I, my point of view was always that if you call yourself an animal lover, which I do, that's all animals. Some people don't care about all animals. Some people just like dogs, for example. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. They couldn't give a damn about a cow. <laughs> um, I look at animals and I don't, I don't think it's right that um, if I wasn't prepared to kill the animal myself, that I should then almost be entitled to eat the animal. That's just my view on it. Yeah. And that's something which I guess I had a, a kind of conflict with um, when I did eat meat when I was younger and didn't feel comfortable with. So it got to a point where once I'd done enough research into can I maintain a healthy kind of you know, lifestyle yeah. based on a plant-based diet. And of course, what I thought I knew then um, has adapted and changed over the years, but that was my main driver. Um, I also believe that there are lots, again, if you, if you do it right, there can be a lot of fitness benefits to it. Yeah. Um, and certainly a lot of people I know that eat a very heavy sort of, if you like a carnivore diet, um, suffer with some of the things which I, you know, again, didn't want to suffer with. I know people that had had certain conditions, you know, eczema, for example, and it yeah, seemed yeah. to be aggravated by certain dairy. things, dairy in particular. Um, so I was aware of all of that, even if I hadn't experienced them myself. So, yeah, I, I guess it's one of those things. The more you look into it and the more you kind of, the, the deeper you go, the more you find out and it sort of reinforces your perspective on it. So, again, I don't want to ever claim to be an expert on anything, but it's worked for me. And I'm at a point now where I've been doing it long enough that it's not something I think about. Yeah. So a lot of people that I then come into contact with the first time and you, know, you end up talking about food or diet will go, oh, well, how do you find it when you go to the supermarket? Or what's that like when you go it's for it? It's just normal. Just yeah. like I'm sure when you go to the supermarket or they go it's to the supermarket, normal. you know the stuff that you get most of the time. You end up going to a certain place because you know you can get those certain things there. I do try and follow a, a kind of, I know a lot of people fall into the trap of going very high processed. Sometimes that is necessary because of time. Yeah. And it's not always easy to set aside the time to cook up something from scratch, which is completely whole food based in an ideal world. That is what I would prefer to do. But then at the same time, I think, again, in balance and in moderation, having some of those alternatives is not a bad thing. But certainly I've never wanted to base my whole diet around replacements that are just meat free. Yeah. Um, and then, as I say, it, from a training perspective as well, I don't feel like I'm kind of missing out on anything but just like I did when I ate meat I have supplements anyway yeah. um, and again to get the right amount of protein in my diet based on kind of what I'm training for I would have to have a shake of some sort so it doesn't make too much difference to me if it's a whey shake or if it's soya based for example yeah, yeah. you know um, so that's my perspective um, and how I found it 
And as I say, it's something now which I don't wave a flag around all the time saying yeah, I'm yeah. vegan. Some people, you know, build a lot around that and get very involved in that community, which is fine. But for me, it's just one aspect of my life and not something I think about too much at this stage. Yeah. So I think you've obviously done it for the right reasons. Not, I don't know. I guess there's not wrong reasons, but people that, um, sorry, some people, again, I think it, it cuts out a lot of options. So mm-hmm. if you were someone that always used to get a load of takeaways, go to McDonald's, get a curry every night, you know, that sort of thing. I know there's like vegan curries yeah. and stuff, but, and you went, right, I'm doing, ve- I'm going vegan and you lost weight and you've got great results and your performance was really good because you made, like were consistent. You are going to be like, being a vegan is super healthy. Yeah. You're going to get the best results. That's the only thing that I'm like, actually, it, like from a weight loss and performance perspective, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but from, uh, you know, just, just, you know, if you want to do it for ethical reasons, 100%. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so yeah, that's my sort of view on it. Yeah. Some people, a lot of, a lot of athletes are, are plant-based, mainly like, um, like endurance performance. Yeah. You won't see any, I can't think of a single professional like bodybuilder that's hmm. plant-based. And that is purely just, I assume it's purely because they have to eat so much food. Yeah, it's the volume, isn't it? Yeah. And for digestion, I reckon if you were eating, you know, some bodybuilders are like 300 grams of protein a day. Yeah. If that was um, plant-based, then there might be digestion issues. Yeah. Like, so yeah. that's my only, and, and it's not for me to say that people don't perform better on a vegan diet because I've never tried it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, um, I would agree with that. And likewise, I know a lot of very, very fit people, you know, kind of close friends and things who, again, aren't vegan and they don't suffer from any health issues. And, you know, they've never had any issues off the back of their diet because, again, they've probably got a balanced diet, but it features meat, it features fish, whatever else. But, yeah, as I say, that wasn't my main driver. So that's, um, yeah, I think. So you touched on processed food. Yeah, and ultra processed foods. Yeah. Can you describe an ultra processed food? (laughs) So um, I'm trying to think of an example of an ultra processed food. Um, I mean, again, obviously a lot of food, which is convenience food, can be quite heavily processed. And I'm thinking, again, the fast food industry, a lot of that food, again, the quality of the ingredients. um, Again, what's gone into that food in terms of certainly if we're looking at the meat side of things. Again, it's not always best quality. It's probably had some form of antibiotics in the system uh, at some point and all that kind of thing so yeah i guess it's quite hard to break down that term ultra processed so with the meat industry obviously like a bit of a background yeah i was gonna say yeah the uk is actually pretty good okay so people get like a bit confused between like america and england the in the uk the like you can't i can't remember the exact way that it looks but i think it's something like you can't um, eat anything that's had antibiotics. Okay. And you can't eat anything that's been genetically modified. Yeah. Um, but you can eat the offspring of something that's been genetically modified. Yeah. And a simple one is like fish. So yeah. like fish farming, they will make sure that all of the... that They can basically make, you know, you've got X, Y, and, and uh, X, X chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And they can make fish have... Uh, like be a be a oh, which way around is it? They can make 
basically they can make sure that all the fish are a certain sex mm -hmm. and it's just a, a way of making them all grow at the same rate yeah you can eat them they haven't been genetically modified um so yeah there's like one way of doing it i think it's more like genetic engineering yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but in america you can eat something that's been modified yeah and i i don't know if it's still like this but i think that they used to like they would give cows like steroids and stuff yeah i think tremboline trem was the, yeah, uh, the one that used to them, yeah to make them grow faster yeah and, and then people would eat them yeah. and obviously that would fuck with you <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah i think again i think it's moderation you know I was going to say, I think the difficult thing is it's very hard to avoid if you live, yeah. if you live, you know, within a normal society and you go to kind of normal restaurants, um, normal eateries, and again, you shop in kind of your normal supermarkets, any of those things which probably feel like a bit of a, a thing you'd have as a treat, there's probably a level to that which is ultra processed. Yeah, okay. If it tastes really good, I guess, and, you know, it's super sweet or super salty or whatever, it's probably going to be quite highly processed so would you think for me like would you say that like a, like ben and jerry's is ultra processed i'm just mm. thinking of like processed and ultra processed yeah like where's the difference yeah it doesn't really matter okay so like you just need to have some control yeah um i don't think there's anything wrong with eating some ultra processed food sometimes yeah if it's as long as 80 percent of your diet isn't ultra processed yeah. food so if yeah. you're Cooking a cooking a meal and you don't have to cook it from scratch. You know, it might just be. I mean, this is from scratch, but maybe we're just having like sausage and mash, yeah. okay, with some veggies. That's a, a perfectly fine normal meal to have. Yeah. And then, say if you had like a dessert from the freezer. Yeah. That could be your processed food. Yeah. A little bit for. If you're eating seven microwave frozen <laughs> ready meals for week, yeah. for every night, and. Um, I can't even think of anything like maybe super noodles for lunch every day. Yeah. And what would breakfast be? So those noodles that come in a packet and you have to shake out and add the yeah, flavour to them, all that sort of stuff. That so fe like, that feels to me ultra. Yeah. Ultra processed. So yeah. yeah, just make sure that like eighty percent of your food is 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 like good. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I I wouldn't care about eating twenty percent ultra processed. I still I I eat fast food no problem with it i yeah. like it yeah i am a foodie like that i would enjoy life less if i ate clean all the time yeah so yeah i think that's the thing isn't it as well is the relationship with food so if some people see food i know that some people see food as fuel and if they can separate it and see it as that then really whichever diet they go with it is just a means to an end yeah but then some people have an emotional connection with food and they see that as something which that's their pleasure almost yeah. and you wouldn't want to take that away if you are a bit of a food connoisseur or you like to try different cuisines all of that side of things then don't punish yourself no you can you can be in the middle like yeah. you know I'll, I'll probably get a takeaway like a couple of times a week yeah and i'll really enjoy it you know it might be anything it could be anything but i can think that food's fuel for the rest of the week exactly yeah that doesn't mean that i've got a bad like you People are like, oh, I've got a bad relationship with food because I eat chocolate every day. So they try and never eat chocolate again yeah. to improve their relationship. It's like, no. And then at some point they will crash and they'll go yeah. and devour five chocolate yeah. bars at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. Um, okay. And then the, the final one there was on fasting. Yeah. So it's not something I've ever tried. I don't, think I, I don't know if I could fast. But yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts on that? So I've heard really interesting things about people that are like... Um, you know, 
if they want to maybe they've got like and this isn't proven i've heard it in like the bodybuilding community so like people that have got kidney trouble um and they've, they've retired like they'll, they'll do like 24-hour fasts and stuff and yeah. it's helped improve their kidney function whether that's true or not who knows yeah okay. so there's some sort of stuff like that um some people feel really good for doing it whether that's just like mental clarity yeah i know that i actually if i eat a lot of food all the time i don't feel as focused yeah i agree with that if i have like a coffee in the morning don't have anything till midday i'm normally on it like i'll be hungry yeah but i'm like oh, i need to get this done get that done um i wouldn't recommend fasting to most people yeah again because it's not something you're going to do for the rest of your life yeah um what i do recommend is if you're not particularly hungry at breakfast it's okay to skip it or have you know like a protein yogurt or a shake and save those calories that you were going to have for later when you are more hungry i recommend that to people all the time but i don't call it fasting because i just think it puts it in that box where yeah. they're like oh, i'm intermittent fast it's like no you're just skipping breakfast or lunch yeah. yeah so that's that's my part on it and what do you think about so another one that i've heard which i don't know if it's still as popular as it was which was the, the omad diet you know the one meal a day yeah is, is what how, what are your thoughts on that one because again i guess to some extent no, there's, there's a lot fasting, of fasting involved there isn't yeah. there but consuming kind of everything all at one point. I mean, is it just binge eating? Because <laughs> I know that I still have a massive appetite. Like there's still like a fat yeah. kid trapped in me. Like, yeah. I would be looking forward to that meal so much. Yeah, same. And I'm not sure if I'd make the best choices. Mm. I feel like there's then more temptation to not just have something that you would have actually spread out across yeah. those meals, those would, three would meals, that, for example. Yeah, I'd be much more likely to be like, right, I've got, you know, two and a half thousand calories for dinner. Yeah, let's throw some sugar and some sweets in there. Yeah, or some am, I gonna, yeah. am I going to have fruit, veggies, you know, yeah. get some protein? Or am I going to be like, well, I could just have like 500 grams of pasta, yeah. some cheese. You know, yeah. I probably just I'm good. Or do all of that and then have the other stuff as well, yeah. and then. What I will say though is, I personally do quite well on two meals a day. Yeah. Um. So I'm, like, naturally, if if I wasn't, if I, like, not thinking about eating around training and stuff, I I find it quite easy to have a big meal at ten, and then a big meal in the evening. Yeah. I I do well with that. Um, if I ever go on holiday, that's what I do. That's what I do because, um, and that's what I recommend quite a lot of people do as well. Because normally when you go on holiday, you know, you're excited. You're not that bothered about eating breakfast. Yeah. Have a, have a meal like at lunchtime. And then in the evening, you can have a proper meal. And normally people are having a couple of drinks as well. Yeah. You know, if you have the odd snack in between, have a bit of fruit. Absolutely fine. That's what I normally recommend for people. Yeah. But that, you know, again, some people do well with that. I just, I don't know why you would do it. I wouldn't do that to lose weight. I think you could actually damage your relationship with food. The same with like, you know, those ones where you do like 600 calories two yeah. days a week. Yeah. I think you just put so much focus on food. Yeah. That you could have a worse relationship with food. Yeah. I think from, yeah, per, from a personal perspective, I put myself in that position. I'd be so food focused. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I've had days where again, just for whatever reason, you don't get your meals as you usually would have them set out. And if you've certainly, if you miss lunch, for example, by the time you're getting towards thinking about tea, you're, you're, it feels like you haven't eaten for days. Yeah. And, and again, I wouldn't want to be in that situation because again, that 
feeling then becomes almost a negative thing where you're craving something and, and again you start thinking oh well i'll treat myself and i'll have this and, and yeah just keep yeah. it balanced keep imagine, it spread out. imagine imagine you've got an hour's drive home you haven't eaten all day how easy it's like work just always something it'll be there when i get home yeah. or you get in it. before you cook and you snack on yeah. like a crisps or something yeah. and I've, I've done that before yeah well, i used to do this all the time i used to eat loads of food whilst cooking yeah i'd like yeah yeah just just eat stuff let's in the, in the kitchen whilst cooking you know and it, I, I think that's what i would do and I'm again usually cooking. if it's something that you can snack on whilst yeah. you're cooking the other side of you know, the actual main meal it's yeah. probably not the healthiest thing no. if it's just ready to no. eat there and then yeah no. yeah okay have you got any others uh, i think i just had one about new year's resolutions okay we sort of covered it with what we're excited yeah about. yeah goals um i've got a list actually have you yeah they're quite personal though <laughs> um, I want to do two high rocks competitions. You got one coming up. Got one coming up. Yeah. Um, we're doing doubles. And I've got, I've got last year's ones written here. I've got ten for last year and ten for this year. Did you I complete did, last year's? I did two out of ten. Okay. I set myself like really up for failure on them. Right. Um, read twenty books. Yeah. Didn't have them. Did you listen to twenty books? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. May, may, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, um, kind of counts. Travel, I've got on here, travel abroad three times. Mm -hmm. Potential. Start a podcast. There we go. Yes. And to be fair, we probably first spoke about it in 2023. So that counts, I guess. Um, increased my monthly saving amount. Yeah. I can do that. Um Run a 5K in under 20 minutes. Uh, spend a whole year not dieting. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just some performance stuff and some personal stuff as well. Yeah. What about you? I didn't set any New Year's resolutions. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I did set New Year's resolutions. Um, maybe that's just because of the, the place I was, I was kind of at at the time feeling very much, again, probably should have done some form of resolution, but feeling very much involved in so much and really bogged down in stuff. I didn't almost have the time to step back and go, ah, right, what do I? But from a business perspective, we've set goals and I know what I want to achieve, but I haven't necessarily put any timeframes on it because I know sometimes those things can take, it could take longer than a year. I don't want to get to a point where I feel like, ah, oh, I didn't achieve that. It's out of your hands, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, a lot of things can be out of your hands you can set things in motion but whether or not you get the outcome you were looking for in a year yeah it could be that a great relationship starts this year but actually you don't see the benefits till further down the line whatever that might be yeah. um so no i didn't set any um but it is something i think about actually throughout the year almost in smaller chunks what i yeah. want to do the next three months yeah six months um but not New Year's resolutions as such. I, I don't know. I think sometimes New Year's resolutions have bad connotations. I think for me, to... I'm just okay if I don't achieve them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just a bit like, I'm not, I'm, I want to achieve them and I'm going to do my best to achieve them. But um, it's fine if I don't like, like I just said, eight of the ones from last year I didn't achieve. Yeah. Got pretty close on a lot of them. And again, a lot of those things just carry over. Yeah. So like, so. I'm, you know, some people get really disappointed if they don't hit a goal. Yeah. But like, like we just said, some of them are out of control and, you know, if I can get 85% there, I'm still really happy. I think I set one, which was at some point to learn to play chess. Oh, I was yeah. to learn to play chess. I just thought that'd be, 
it'd be something I think I'd been to New York and seen them playing it in parks. Oh, that's really nice. That'd be a really Can I'd you like play? to do that. No. That's all. <laughs> no. Oh, I play. I think I played played uh, when I was younger. My dad tried to show me how to play, and I, I I mean I understand the moves and stuff, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I would be nowhere. Um, it's something I'd love to do, but again, I know that's that's going to be a time that would yeah. go into that. You feel so guilty trying to learn how to play chess. Exactly. Because you're like, I've got so much to do. And it I, wouldn't um, be it wouldn't be like I would go. I had a friend in Australia that was so good. Really? Yeah, he's like, oh, do you want to play chess? He just beat me in like five minutes every time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'd want to get really good at it, and that would take time. And the other thing is, I think there was probably, when I maybe first saw it, it's like, oh, well, if you're really good at chess, you learn how to be really good at business. I'm you know, the two sure. go. I'm not sure. It's not true. No. Yeah, it's just, it's just another, it's probably another piece of good content I saw once, which yeah. said the two go hand in hand. But realistically, I, yeah, I just actually would quite like to learn how to play something like that. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's a game as well, which you can kind of play anywhere in the world. It's a kind of universal thing. That's quite, there's something quite nice about that. Yeah. You just need to play against people that aren't very good as yeah. well. Yeah. Because it wasn't fun playing with that guy. I was going to say, probably just quite demoralising <laughs> really, like, wasn't it? Do you want to play again? Yeah. No, I'm actually fine now. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. You want any more questions? Should we, should we pause this one? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We'll get some done. Yeah. If you've listened this far, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow yeah follow subscribe so wherever you're listening then yes uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week thank you thanks for listening and yeah be with you next week